Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Cause of Scene podcast. I have no fucking idea where this conversation is going, but the pre-conversation has already got me laughing. So I'm just going to jump right in and I'm going to introduce my guest today, which is, who is Hannah Drake. Hannah, introduce yourself to the audience. Hello, everyone. My name is Hannah Drake. I am a blogger, a spoken word artist, a poet. Um, <clears throat> I work and do arts and culture in underserved communities. And I like to uh, cause a scene. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to jump right in that shit. All right. So first question I always ask is why is it important to cause a scene? And then how are you causing a scene? I think you people have an obligation to cause a scene, especially um, in today's time. I think I'm at the point, honestly, where I have nothing to lose. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> I figure at this point, I mean, there's a whole slogan about making America great again, which is kind of in your face to make America white again. And so I'm thinking there are people who are intentionally telling me we don't care about you. And so I thought, you know, I have nothing to lose at this point. I'm going to say it. <clears throat> I don't care who it upsets. Um, you know, I, I always tell people I'm trying to uh, shake a nation and I'll, oh, I'll do it. I like that. Yeah. 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 I'll do it any any way that I can. Um, and I write a lot. Of, you know, my blog is called Write Some Shit. And I do. I write a lot of shit that upsets people. I get hate mail all the time. But on the flip side of that, I also get um, mail that I change the way people think. And that's what I'm trying to do. And if I have to shake you up to do that, then I'm going to do it. Doesn't matter to me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you put both questions together, which is great. Because so, I am so with you. I'm over fucking civility. I'm yeah. Fucking, because when you talk about make America great again, let's be honest. Our black asses with that should be slaves. Because that's what the fuck they're saying. Right. It's, right. Like, it's like America's never been great for black people. Period. Right, like, so what time, I, and I always ask them, at what point do you want to go back to? Tell me. Just tell yeah. me. Yeah, where's the delineation line? Where are you going to stop? You know, is it Jim Crow? Is it, you know, is it Reconstruction? Is it war? Is it, you know, um, the the Trail of Tears? Is it Manifest Destiny? Where the fuck you want to go back to? Right, tell me where you want to go back to again, where it was great for anyone besides white people. No one ever wants to answer that question because they know the reality of what that slogan meant. It would have been one thing to say, make America great. Anybody can get behind that. They tacked on again intentionally. You know, I'm a a writer and I deal with storytelling. People are very intentional with words. Mm -hmm. They knew what they meant when they tacked on again on that slogan. And that's why people rallied around it. It was a hidden if you want to say hidden, it's It's not very hidden. Right. It was a hidden way to say, we want y'all picking cotton again and shining our shoes and bringing us water. Yeah. 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 And and, and I'm, oh, to have a story to, I love when I have (laughs) storytelling because I, I'm, 
I'm recently revisiting that part of myself. Uh-huh. Been in academia, I was current. I was until very recently pursuing a doctorate of business administration, specializing in technology entrepreneurship, because I wasn't finding any. Even with all the information we have with the internet and whatever, I wasn't finding any coherent way to learn how to build businesses effectively. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm gonna go and get this. I'm gonna at least go and get the information. I really didn't give a shit about the degree. Um, and so as I was starting to get, I finished all the coursework and I was starting to write on my paper, I started thinking about, okay, I'm close. Should I finish? And, you know, people were like, if white males were like, yeah, because you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I just started, the more I started thinking about it, the uh-huh. more I fucking got, <laughs> I was like, yeah, because that fits your fucking narrative. Right. You don't even have a fucking college degree, but yet I'm going into damn debt. Yeah. With, a doctorate in some shit that I already know that I'm already using building a consulting business that you have no fucking idea about because what you have is not a business. What you have is a product or service that you've been able to scale, but you have right. no processes, procedures, or policies or anything in place. And this is why we're causing fucking harm in our business because <laughs> you don't have a fucking business, okay? And, um, but yet you want me to go get a goddamn piece of paper so I can put doctor on the front of right. my name Right. It means something. It means absolutely nothing because I still won't get 100% of my pay that you get. So right, you won't. I'm yeah. thinking about that shit. And so what I've been doing is, I mean, that has been years of my life. So mm-hmm. I'm now revisiting, not just revisiting, but rediscovering. I found a manuscript that I've written, had written 11 chapters of. Oh, wow. Stopped writing it in 2000, 2000 that mm-hmm. I'm now sharing chapter by chapter on Sundays on mm-hmm. my Medium blog. Oh, good, good. I don't, I don't even remember the story. Every time, so <laughs> I, I'll open a chapter on Sunday morning, I'll read through it, I'll make some, you know, additions or corrections. And and I'll upload it. So I'm just like rediscovering this whole story that I forgot I'd even written. I mean, so, right. so it's so funny because the, some of the landmarks don't even exist anymore, but I haven't changed them because I'm like, this is from 2000. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, I don't care. I don't even know if I'll finish this thing, but the fact that I'm rediscovering telling stories and yeah. I'm saying all, and my audience knows that I just go off on tangents, but I'm saying all this because I'm an educator and I always fucking bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> is that storytelling is what matters. And this is where um, whiteness has had the mic and the ability to tell the story or craft the narrative for everybody until now. And you don't get to do that shit anymore. Yeah. You don't, you're not the expert of my experience. You've never been the expert of my experience. You just had the mic. And now that there's Mm -hmm. an internet I have a microphone. I have a um, a hosting account. I can any <laughs> goddamn thing I want to. I can tweet what I want to. I can blog what I want to. And I'm with you on that. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. I don't give a shit. And I absolutely so- just don't. I don't care. So uh, along those lines, I wrote a blog entitled <clears throat> um, "Dear White Women: All You Need to Do Is Pass the Mic." Right. And so I remember on the cover of this magazine, they were talking about new Hollywood actresses or something or other. And everyone was white. And I challenged people when you're in those spaces to ask yourself, who's not in this room? Who's not at the table? Whose story is not being told? Why is the story being told this particular way? Nine times out of 10, it's being told a a certain way to set up a narrative about somebody else. I think this is the biggest scam white people have pulled on America and the, the world is that everybody else is to be feared and 
and white people are innocent. Oh that's my God. Yeah. Girl, okay, let's talk about this story narrative <laughs> because I say this all the time. White people are always, and you can see this when you look at a John Wayne movie. Yeah. White people are always cast as the hero or victim, yeah. but never the oppressor or the person who causes harm. Yeah. And this is why when you see um, with these domestic terrorists, um, how these white guys can blow up, shoot up, do whatever they want to, and they're apprehended. First of all, they're actually arrested. Yeah. Without incident, how the fuck? And they're shooting actively right. shooting, and, at and no one ever has fear for yes. their life. Yes, they're no act- one ever fears. Them. They're actively shooting at cops, yes. but they get arrested without incident. A guy in his backyard, a black man in his backyard. Oh no, that that dude has to die. I thought right. I saw something. Always, so, but then the narrative that comes that follows it in the media is always. He was a great guy. I mean, just this New Zealand thing. Oh, my they God. Reached, they reached back and got a goddamn picture of this boy at three or whatever the hell he how, Like, how much do you want to sell this lie that you go all the way back and find a picture of this man who's killed, I think it's now over 50 people, when he's three, and then call him angelic. And I'm thinking, this has got to be a joke. And here's the thing that I tell people all the time. Somebody is crafting that story. Exactly. It is that not, didn't it just happened. And even if it's, and I hate this shit, unconscious bias, I hate this shit, because then it lets a lot of people, <laughs> too many people off the hook. Because right. some of your fucking bias is not unconscious. Okay, not. let me, let me, let, let's get to this. Because that's it. You're, get, you, again, it's about who has the power who has the privilege, who has the leverage to craft stories. Right. And what the challenge to whiteness is now is they're not being allowed to challenge, the, I mean, to tell those stories without go, and go unchallenged anymore. And right. they're having Love a it. show. They, yeah. are, they don't know how to handle yeah. that shit. They, they can't handle it, don't know how to handle it. And I, I get that all the time when people uh, read my blog. It's, this hurt my feelings. Or I did, th- well, I don't care that it hurt your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking adult. Manage your feelings like the rest of us. Right. I'm like, look, you want to come on here and cry to me about all these words hurt my feelings. Well, good. And I tell them, like, bearing your child should hurt your feelings. Like, like having your daughter die on the, the floor of a jail, like Sandra Bland, that should hurt your feelings. Having your son go and get Skittles and tea and never come home again, that should hurt your feelings. Yeah. You know, those type of things should hurt feelings, right? Yes. Challenging your whiteness and your privilege, I'm, I'm not concerned about your feelings being hurt. What I am concerned about is you changing. And I tell people all the time, don't read my stuff and think I'm going to hand out cookies. It's not going to make you feel good. There is not going to be any like hot cocoa at the end of this. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Girl, I'm, you better get ready to get um, comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's right. what is going on. You Period. And I, I told them, uh, I wrote this blog, Dear White People, There Will Be No Cookies, right? And <laughs> I told them, <laughs> so I told them, I don't bake. So here's a recipe for sugar cookies. You bake these and then come back and finish reading this. <laughs> you need to take a pause for a if you bake your own cookies and bake your cookies, <laughs> you do that. 
But make sure your ads come back to read. Come back and read it. You know, I'm not one to hand out cookies to people for doing the right thing, for seeing the humanity in black people. Yes. I'm not, yeah. Listen, it's fucking humanity. That's what the, and and then they, 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 the, the, the word, they use attack. They use these conflated words that are about violence and harm. When all you've done is read something, all yeah. I've said is, even in the workplace, I'm your uh-huh. manager, and I've said what you've done is not what is expected to meet yeah. the expectation of a successful job, and yet that is also considered an attack. An attack. And it's always, especially, um, and I'm writing about this now, but I'm writing this blog, Working 9 to 5 in White Spaces. But but especially as... As black women, because anytime you say anything, it comes off as you're angry. See, that's the narrative that that they've told people, you know, and I'm like, I'm not angry. Maybe I'm just passionate about something. Maybe my voice is just loud. I'm not a soft speaker, but it comes off. I'm being attacked and the black woman's attacking me and she hurt my feelings. And you, you always look like the bad the bad person. Oh, yeah, because yeah. immediately when when particularly white women fall into that role everybody comes to their defense oh, always. now you're on the off on the defense yeah whatever legitimate concern you had yeah. about the work or whatever is gone out the Go way now everybody's Go talking about consoling her she feels hurt blah blah yeah. blah and that's just strategic i don't want to fu- i don't come to me as if this shit is not strategic as if you have not learned how to use oh. it as a weapon <laughs> because i've seen too many white women who tell me or heard too many white women tell me, let that damn um, cop pull them over. They pull that oh, shit yeah. back. Quickly. It's like they have learned this at a very early age to immediately play the victim. And it, it seems the only thing, like I tell people all the time, I said, whoever put a camera in the cell phone needs a humanitarian award. Yes. Uh, because half of these things, like with the barbecue Beckys and the sidewalks. Down, that shit if they, we, they didn't, well, not what, believe. We didn't believe they, they didn't believe us. Yeah, didn't, didn't believe it. And now you see how immediately they go from calling the police on someone black. As soon as the police come, then they're crying. They're playing the victim. And it's like, we just watched this whole thing play out. And you were not the victim. And they do it all the time. Well, what's interesting yeah. is, and that is, not only do they switch it on, I I've often, I, I see that they can't, once they get in the role, they can't yeah. easily step out of the role. Right. <laughs> you you <laughs> think that once you start that and someone put on a camera to you, yeah. you know, it's like, oh shit, I've seen this. I don't, this is never ending. With right. Fully, fully committed. They're fully committed. Yes. <laughs> all, all the way through. And then you're just sitting, it's like, didn't you just see the video two weeks? Yeah. Every day this shit is happening. Every, every single, every single day. And, and, but that shows you how strong. Yes. Racism is yes, and, and the power the, of whiteness to the power of whiteness to, under, right. to have a belief that they own the space that they right. own. The, oh this, my god! And this is so funny because I've changed the title of this book so many times that I that I would be working on, but now I think I've landed on it's take up space. Oh my god! I love I love that. It's so funny. I have to read. I have to recite this poem for you called Spaces. I don't let's know if go. you'll read it, but, go. Let's do oh, it. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> So okay, I'm gonna. Can I let my dog out real fast? Um, yes, we can. Let's <laughs> let's put this on pause. 
Okay, so this poem is called Spaces. You're going to love this poem. It's going to fit everything you were just talking about. All right, let's go. It is difficult to stand in spaces, spaces that were not designed for me, spaces that were not created for people that look like me, spaces that scream, you do not belong here. Spaces that feel like sandpaper against my blackness, coarse and rough and painful and uneasy. Spaces that are void of signs, but still I can see them hanging in a not so distant memory. Signs that separated water fountains and restaurants, blatantly reminding people that these spaces were not made for them. And although the signs no longer remain, the architecture and atmosphere is constructed in such a way that I know and we know that these are not our spaces. We are simply standing and borrow time to entertain the master's masses. It is difficult to stand in these spaces and be me, fully me, code switching my vernacular to make you feel comfortable. Why must my life dress itself up in discomfort for you to feel at ease? Why does my skin feel so heavy in these spaces? Why is my gender an issue in these spaces? Why must my hair look a certain way in these spaces? You see, these are spaces I no longer want to reside in. I do not enjoy being in these spaces. I no longer want to subject myself to these spaces, but then I am reminded. As I stand in these spaces and I see the faces of these two little black girls watching me perform in awe because I'm a woman with skin that looks like them and kinky hair that looks like theirs and lips that look like theirs standing in these spaces. Spaces that have been designed in ways that are spoken to them at an early age reminding them maybe some spaces just ain't for your kind. You see, that is why I'm in these spaces being a shout in these spaces. It is for every Black person that has ever entered a room and wondered, would anyone look like them in these spaces? It is for every woman that is stood at the head of a boardroom table wondering, would she be considered equal in these spaces? It is for every LGBTQ person that has wondered, could they safely be themselves in these spaces? It is for every Muslim woman that has wondered, could she wear her hijab in these spaces? You see, I remember those that stood in spaces not made for them, that marched on roads not paid for them, that sat down on seats and buses not earmarked for them, that sat down at counters and endured the humiliation of sitting in spaces so that one day I too could stand in these spaces. You see, that is why I'm in these spaces. It is for everyone that came before me, that sipped water at the colored only fountain, that marched into integrated schools and knew that they would be just one of nine. It is for every black performer that stood on stages so that one day little black kids could know that they too could stand on these stages. It is for my mother, my mother, that stood in the space of a cotton field picking cotton for 80 cents a day. It is for everyone that will come after me, for them to know that they have a right to be in these spaces, to have a seat at the table, in these spaces, to have a voice, in these spaces, to have influence, in these spaces. You see, that is why I stand in these spaces, even when it makes me uncomfortable. And now some of you sit looking at me, and now you feel uncomfortable. But today you have heard me. You cannot unsee me. In this space, I belong. In this space, we are here, and we belong here in this space. That's that piece. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. 
Damn. I know this is inappropriate, but I need that as the beginning of my book. <laughs> See? I need that as the beginning. I told you you would I read am, I am a person who believes in universal forces and comes that falls in my lap. And this is why I changed this title so much because this is for my, particularly my young, brown, black, black, black women trying to be professional in these spaces. Yeah. Every fucking day they're getting hit left and right. And this is a generation of young, black, professional women who grew up with the myth that we are all equal, that uh, they don't, should not see color because to see color is racism. Right. And and they are going in spaces and wondering why the fuck is Becky making roads and I can't. Why can't I make this happen for myself? What the why can't I speak my voice? I get DMs all once a week with some black young woman saying, Kim, can you please, can I talk to you through this, what just happened to me? Because I don't know what they mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to, tr- I don't know what to do next. They just fired me because I mm. did the same exact fucking thing that they do on the yep. Yep. What the fuck is going on? Yep. Oh my God, you just spoke to my <laughs> People, that's hard to stand in these spaces all the time. And I tell people, I, you know, and it's so difficult, but I tell people there are people that stood before you that made space. So I call them space makers, right? So some people's job is to just make the space and it and doesn't that's my feel job. Good. That's my job. My job you is know. to go, as shit is difficult, it's right. comfortable, but you know what? If I don't do it, who the fuck who will? will? And if I don't do it and show you, because I'm so sick of people, I don't, this is white people. I don't know. Well, bitch, let me show you how. Right. And I say, you. hold on right now, because somebody going to say, and when I say bitch, I'm talking about everybody. God damn it. If y'all had <laughs> way right now, you in a bitch because you are in my way and I'm tired of you. So it's not, right. I'm not speaking pejoratively to white women or whatever. I just mean bitch because that's the word that came out of my mouth. You got a problem with it. Fuck you. Cause I don't give a shit at this point. <laughs> um, but that's what I mean. It's like, get the fuck off the fence. Stop yeah. fucking whining. Stop all the bullshit that makes space. Let us tell our fucking stories. Let us show up as our authentic selves because you're losing. Why the fuck hire me if you want to enable me to bring all of my all of me, all of people, which will help you create better products and services and bullshit as business you're trying to build. Thank you. I cannot wait to finish this uh, blog, but it's so when you. Well, let me tell you, when I went, I, I had an opportunity to go to Dakar, Senegal, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this, I'll never forget. It's the first time I've ever been to Africa. And so we were, went to Senegal. And, and I remember my friend and I were buying these earrings. And we were in a little shop there buying earrings. And you know, as a Black person, we were holding the earrings in such a way so the shop owner wouldn't think we were stealing. Exactly. But you know, that's what you that's do in America. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to hold it a certain way and my hands aren't in my pocket and I'm not stealing it. And we looked up, we went to pay and we looked up and the shop owner was outside in the alley talking to somebody. Wasn't thinking about us. Didn't yeah. care. And it dawned on us, here we weren't the other people. Yes. And our blackness was not crim- criminalized then. Yes. Just our skin, well, everybody was black, pre- pretty much. You know, everybody there was black. And and so it, it clicked that for two weeks, I had two weeks of my life, Kim, that mm-hmm. I 
didn't have to think about being black. Shit. What the fuck does that feel like? Right. And so I remember, I love X-Men. That's not, a, that's not a hypothetical fucking question. I'm going to stop you right now. What the fuck does that feel like? Because I it haven't been free. Africa. What does that feel like? It was, I was free. I, I mean, I, when I think about it, I get teary-eyed. But I was, I was just free. And I felt like all of me could be everything that I wanted to be. Mm. And I remember... I, I love uh, X-Men and I remember I was watching X-Men and this is the first X-Men when they showed how they became X-Men. And I remember um, Mystique, you know, it's played by Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence is, is from Kentucky where, I, where I'm from, but uh, she was looking like Jennifer Lawrence on the outside, but you know, she's really blue. And I'd never forget Magneto told her, if think how powerful you could be if half of your mental energy was not spent on projecting yourself mm. to look like Jennifer Lawrence, yeah, right? Yes. And you were just if blue. You show up as blue. Right. And it made me think back to Africa. And what could I truly be what could you here in America? Accomplish? Right. What could I accomplish? What could I truly be if I could show up 100% Hannah and black yeah, and that was okay? Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. And black, and that was okay. And I think about all the things that I think I've done, and I think, what more could I do? If in the back of my mind, it's really not even in the back of my head. No, it's in the front of my fucking it's mind. It's not always as clicking. I do this work. Right. I as I do this work, I have people, white people, coming to me constantly because this is who my audience is. Kim, you're doing great work. Kim, we we there, we there. Well, why am I concerned at the end of every month if I'm going to be able to pay my bills? Thank I you. That does not translate. I, it's like it's what could I be if you oh. if you if the value you say I bring to you, you you put it in a monetary fashion, what you do to all that other shit you buy. Thank you. Thank um, you. Um, so that I can do the work that I need to do without worrying, will Wells Fargo be paid? Thank you. Will Thank I, you. Without being concerned um, if this pain I'm feeling in my side is something I need to be concerned about because right. I don't have health insurance. Right, right, um, right. If, if my mom has an issue, um, I need to weigh what bills do and I'm not going to pay so that I can take care of my mom, where this shit happens for you every single day. Hey, oh, yeah, I, I completely understand. I, I just don't think they get it because they're always allowed to just show up as themselves. And not only and, always allowed to show up as themselves, they're always given the benefit of the doubt. Oh, Always. So even when, so you, not only can you show up as yourself, you can fuck up as yourself and still show up as yourself. Right. I fucked up. First of all, I got to ask permission to get in the room. 
I right. up. I'm outside the room and now I got to go through the process again of getting back in the room. Right. And not only are you out, but Anybody everybody else is going to bring it. Because <laughs> now my behavior reflects on the right. whole fucking... Um, the whole, right. Fucking, yeah, every, anybody that looks like me, got lips like me, is loud right. like me, right? anything. This is why I, I don't say America. I don't say I'm American. Mm-hmm. I don't say I'm African-American. I'm black. Because uh-huh. one thing that it does for me, it does two things. But one of the main things, this is another arrogance about the U.S. The fact that we just use the America part of our title. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There is a North, Central, and South America. Yeah, and true. when we say American, it's be like it's the whiteness thing because now we're the default. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is why you can have, like I just saw a damn um, article, Russian pregnant women are flying in to have babies yep. so they can have dual citizenship but these other Americans are coming on foot. Thousands of fucking... Think about what you have to... Yeah. What this has to mean to you to come thousands of foot. <laughs> thousands of miles on foot. Right, right. But because you're a different kind of American. American, you yeah. You are from a shithole country. Yeah, You yeah. are not allowed in. That is a problem for me. Right, right. That, is, yeah. that speaks to why I don't use or call myself an American. I cannot use the term African-American. Unfortunately, I have no connection to Africa. And I, I hate that. I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my mom has done research on both sides of my family. There's only so far she can get. Because, right. You no, know, Massa didn't, didn't give a shit about all that. Right, right. And so, and he, they traded us like shit, like cattle, like yeah. they playing chess, you know, yep. it, was, it was what it was. And so I am a U.S. citizen. I am mm-hmm. from the U.S. And there is Canada, there's Mexico, there's yeah. Ecuador, there's all these other things that are a part of the Americas. Right. So true. This so true. true. Yeah. This is where that's, that, and that speaks to, again, our privilege as U.S. citizens, because it, it's privilege to be from the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, that's always the default. And I remember when I was in Dakar, <clears throat> this is what uh, some things I just don't get about America. And when I was in Dakar, they spoke Wolof and they spoke English and they spoke French. And they, you, you only speak one language? <laughs> strangest thing. Yeah. And then I felt stupid, you know? <laughs> you know? And so I don't understand, like here in America, they're like, oh, you're speaking Spanish. And I'm like, you all live in this bubble here. Yes. And you don't understand in the rest of the world, they speak several languages and that's not a crime. You know, I, when, when, like you said, to walk thousands of miles to come here, how bad do things have to be? And we tell people no. And I remember the little girl that was seven and died in our custody, in U.S. custody. And I said, I saw her picture on my feed and it kept coming up. And I made a post and I said, I can't look at her because when I look at her, I see my six-year-old niece. And I said, the problem with America is you don't see this girl. Yes. You're looking at her picture, but you're not seeing her. You don't see her. She's in your news feed. Right. She's in the report. 
thank you. You don't see that that could be your daughter or your granddaughter or your niece. You don't see her. Well, and that's you don't. Well, now. and this is okay. Let me push on this because they don't see it because it can't be their daughter, their granddaughter. Their could niece. never be. That's that's the right. thing. And this is um, I posted something yesterday. Um, and it's the um, and I uh, let me find her name. And you guys know I do this all the time. Let me find this woman's name because it's the 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 white lady that did the blue eyed experiment in her classroom. Jane Elliott. Yes, thank you. And she posted, um, yes, I mean, she did a post that was um, the one, um, not her, um, Bernice King reposted the, the, the video of if you, because all these, you know, full of white people, and she's like, if you don't think this is bad, are you willing to take the place of these people? And no yeah. one raised their hand. Right, and right, yeah, I saw that, And my post yesterday was specifically to that. Fuck you allies. I hate that bullshit because you can, it's easy to ally when there's no way in hell you can ever have my experience. Yeah, no yeah. No way in hell that you'll yeah. ever have my experience. So it's easy to say, what you're willing to do because hell you're not doing, you're doing the bare minimum now. Right. Right. And you're doing the bare minimum now. And a lot of people are doing the bare minimum because they got fucked. Oh, Trump and our insurance too. Oh, he meant our taxes was going to go up too. Oh, he meant we were going to lose our Now we're about to pivot this fucking conversation. (laughs) We're about to talk about why the fuck I am so happy Trump is in office. Why I'm so happy we didn't have a blue wave. And why I'm so happy that this damn Mueller report didn't give them what the fuck they thought it was going to give them. Because white people have not been felt enough pain yet. We have, they have not hit their rock bottom. Because, oh, oh, girl. Because when they hit their rock bottom, <laughs> like we've been living with, then their asses will get up. You ain't got to ask a black person on Twitter what to do. Your ass will figure this shit out. You know, quickly. Yes. Quickly. You're, gonna, you're and, not going to wonder they, why black women are so resilient because we fucking had to or we yeah. would be exen- extinct. So they, quickly. To a point where your, your, you and yours <laughs> right. are under attack. Right. You're, you're not going to move. So, yeah, I, I, you know what? And I don't give a fuck about him winning. And yes, I'm going to vote what I need to. But if he wins in 2020, right. I'm not going to be upset because then your ass and no, you didn't do enough fucking work to make didn't it. Didn't do enough. And I tell people all the time, look, I, I, I hate to keep coming back to my blog. No, 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 baby. Fast. Talk talk your blog. And if you want to throw another poem in there, do that. <laughs> I, okay, my dog stuff. Okay, this is called Formation. Formation. Said firmly with no hesitation. Concerned for your tears, recently went on vacation. We are unbothered by your hating and your condemnation. It is simply confirmation and the very reason we're celebrating. This is the manifestation of a bloodline that birthed a nation. We ain't offspring, we're the foundation of creation. When you sip from Mother Earth, you're drinking our libations. This is lyrical liberation. You wanna be mad at something? Be mad at the blood on the hands of this nation. This is the reincarnation of a spirit that has no expiration. This is old Negro spiritual salvation. That down South church fan waving congregation. This is B's black fist in a known rock nation. But since you seem to need some clarification, this is for 40 acres and a mule reparations. For picking cotton and fields with no compensation. For not telling slaves about emancipation. For Rosa being told to get in the back of your transportation. For Sarah Bartman's humiliation at the hands of your exploitation. This is for co-opting a cultural weak imitations. For Martin and Malcolm's assassinations. For countless years of segregation. For every time you told our sisters and brothers to assume the formation. For keeping them locked in a system change of probation. For a racist system masquerading as fair administration. This is for 
Sandra Bland dead on the floor of a police station for smallpox infestation. This is for Tuskegee experimentation, for telling us why all lives matter with no qualifications. This is for brutally raping a nation, for Eric Garner suffocation. This is for black male shot dead at Fruitville Station. And this voice, this voice is the reincarnation of everyone you murdered with no justification. Now you bow down and simply assume the formation. never wanted kids i've never had that, that uh-huh. yeah yeah that never <laughs> yeah. especially after being an educator i was like i don't want that shit in my house <laughs> i don't want that shit in my house but what i can tell you is that if i had a daughter i was going to name her sojourner oh i love it yes. i love yes. it yeah and i don't know and that was before i even when i was still blinded by my own internal white supremacy <laughs> Um, but something about the journey that that yeah that fierceness that I've always seen in myself even though whiteness oh my god I am a black girl from Atlanta Georgia who grew Mm -hmm. up loud uh independent yeah and and, and challenging every every stereotype you had and every rule so I got it from all ends as a child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, from parents, now I recognize trying to keep my little black ass safe because <laughs> my head was coming right. out of my damn mouth. Um, um, to men telling me that's not how white, um, that's not how girls sick or something like it. When you right, yeah. But I'm one more person with a penis. Tell me how the little per, a little girl is supposed to sit, stand, talk. I'm right. Thank you. Off. Um, and I knew this as a child, but I didn't have the words of understanding patriarchy. I didn't have mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that shit was hitting me left, right, and center. Um, just to show up as and so that that's why I had to stop you on the Jakar story because I Kim, because people are like how are, how are you like this? I was like this at two. Right. So, so to go to a space where I can be that and Free. not have to apologize, not even have to worry about whether the next thing coming out of my mouth will right. be uh, offend someone. Right. Um, because again, let me let me break this down. Our our imp- especially when your words or your actions have no malicious intent. Right. It is you just showing up as you and you, and this is what white folks don't realize when particularly black women are in this space. I can't speak for black men, so I'm not going to try. But when before we even come to you with some shit, especially in the professional environment, trust and believe we have spent hours. 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 <laughs> trying to figure out how to say this shit to you so yeah, we won't blame right. on us. So for you right. to immediately sit back and say what we've done as if we have not thought 
if we have not gone to our sister circle and asked advice, as if we have not written that email 20 times and deleted that shit. Thank you. We just <laughs> the emotional reactive as inhuman beings. Right. Bullshit. And I'm calling you on it from this point on. And so yeah. I want to also go back to taking up spaces because you know what? I am of the place if uh, when I'm walking down the street, if your ass have that industrial strength, you got triplets and your ass taking up the whole fucking sidewalk, bitch, me and you about to go in contact yeah. with each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if if we on the plane and you do sit next to me, if you ain't in, well, even if you're in the middle seat, if you got your legs wide open, your penis ain't that damn big, close your goddamn <laughs> If only time I would share the armrest if I let the person in the middle have that armrest because I think that's courtesy. You can have both armrests. But if you try that bullshit and we in a yeah. two-seater, oh no, motherfucker, do you want the front of this armrest or do you want the back? The back. The yeah, thank we you. We don't share this yeah. shit. Um, when it comes to getting in line, no, uh, don't, 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 that ain't no shit. And then I'm going, and then if your rude ass kid got something to say, we about to say. <laughs> I, I was going coming out of a cheesecake factory and this man had all his little kids and one just this little helper just ran up into me and and he didn't say I said so you're not gonna say anything right and this girl was at least 12 so it yeah. wasn't like she was a child so right. she's not gonna say, apologize and you're not gonna say I went the hell off on his ass in front of his damn kids and walked off because this is the problem I exist I'm taking up space. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't like it, you're going to get run over. Because this is what I do when I'm walking down the sidewalk. If we're walking and you're talking to your friends or you on the phone or you yeah. not paying attention, or even if you are paying attention, and I'm walking a straight line, because what we usually do, black women, we step over the side, we do, okay. I'm not doing that shit no. anymore. No, I'm no. I'm my body, and me and you about to come in contact. And if your hands hit the ground, then you're... <laughs> I totally agree. So I wrote this blog, which turned into, it was one of my blogs that actually went viral. Uh, Do not move off the sidewalk, holding your space in a white world, right? And I challenged Black people for 24 to 48 hours to not move out of the way for any white person. And, 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 you know, people, I said, and, and in the beginning of this blog, I said, do not make this about being rude. I said, I'm not talking about you in the way of somebody with a disability or exactly. you're in the way of somebody else. I'm not talking about that. We're Everybody not talking about knocking over pregnant people. people. Right. We're not r- walking over anybody pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we common sense stuff people know. But I'm talking about everyday interactions mm-hmm. and um. So some people challenge me on that. Well, there's some people are rude. It's not that. Mm-mm. You know that you're doing it. And I told people, once you see it, like when you deliberately go out yes. and go look for that, you cannot unsee it. You will see it happen over and over and, and over and, again. And when you start practicing it, it will become easier. I don't hold yeah. rules for anybody like I used yeah. to. Thank you. Mm-mm, not doing that. <laughs> Um, I'm not there because that's not about being rude. That's, and this is where I want to, I want to speak to why I could give a shit about civility. Civility is an option for white people. It is the expected behavior. Expected behavior. It's, how, it's how you've taught us to yeah. manage our own behavior. So yeah. that you don't have to fucking do it. So yeah. no, I'm not doing that shit anymore. Yeah. I, I feel like holding the door for somebody is because I felt. I like feel like it's doing not it. Because I want there's to. a voice in my head saying, this is what I should do to be nice. Fuck you and your nice. Yeah. You don't meet you and I don't have the same definition of nice. Your nice means that every time you come into the space, you, are on it you are owed something that's not right and i have 
to give you. Yes. And you're owing to me. Not only do I not, am I oppressed, but any privilege I have, I owe it to you. I, right. I owe it to And so when I wrote this blog, well then, and people challenged me, right? And I thought, no, I know that I'm right about this. They actually had laws on the books about this for Black people, right? So then slowly it started, the videos started coming out with, oh, they got up, white women got upset because somebody was on the sidewalk. I said, I told you. Mm-hmm. You know, we just saw an incident where that white woman was upset because the Black uh, uh, little girl and her mom and the dad was there taking pictures on the sidewalk. I said, it's not... This is all spaces. The sidewalk is just figurative, right? That's yeah. just symbolic, right? It's all spaces that white people are in, that the expectation is black people are going to accommodate me in this space. Girl, the, 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 the family leaving the Airbnb and because they didn't speak. Girl, they didn't wave to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, or the dude, the guy hitting the, hitting the black woman in McDonald's. Well, yes. I couldn't control her. Yes. Why is that your expectation? Yes. Why you are you? Yes. And black you can't people, your fucking kids. And I challenge black people: don't give up your space. Do not do it. And for so, you know, and I told them, come back and tell me how it was. And for some of them, it was a scary thing to do. Exactly. Because the expectation is, I'm always supposed to get out of the way. And if I'm always going to minimize harmed. myself, and if I don't. I will be harmed. And that's right. thank you. And that's and that's and and that's what I want to talk about in the in the closing here because that's the thing. My not giving up space is not, can go from I bump into somebody to all the way to my ass not coming home that night. Well, you see what just happened with the the black woman and the the white guy pulled out the gun on her, was punching her in her face because she she blocked me in this space and I can't get out. And I'm thinking, so that went from her just being in this space to you assaulting her. Yes. So it's 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 always tough, like you said, for us even to hold our space, to yes. just exist. To just exist. To just exist in a space and say, I'm here. Yes. You may not come home tonight. Yes. You know, somebody has this expectation that you're in a space where you just do not belong. And this is why the ally bullshit oh my God. hurts me so much because you want to be an ally until I'm in your space. Yeah. And then... Then you fall back on whiteness. Right. And I tell people all the time, I know we're talking about this earlier, that being an ally is not, I made a catchy poster for Instagram and then I'm going to go to a march and then I put on this pink hat. You know, I'm so petty. When they asked me to come speak at our women's march here, I wore a black pussycat hat. You know? (laughs) Right. And then I told white women, the bell tolls for you, honey. You know, um, so that's not what being an ally is. I said being an ally is not inviting Hannah to your brunch, right? I don't give a fuck about any of them. It's a black history and women's history month. Yeah. Thank you. That's not being an Oh, honey, I'm going to rip them next year. The 100 year of women. So I'm getting white women from January 1st, 2020 all year long. Do you hear me? Don't invite me to nothing. I'm ripping through you. You know how I Yeah, especially as racist as that shit was. Right. And I'm like, you know, people don't understand allyship. They're so quick to say that until the rubber meets the road. You know, very, very, very The only uh, only people I consider allies, if you have a philosophy, first of all, I don't trust whiteness by default. Right. So that comes from, if you don't like that, it's your job to change that, which means that's through consistent, demonstrated, anti-racist behavior thank you um and then 
Um, an ally to me is only somebody who's willing to be uncomfortable so that I can be comfortable. Right. If you're not willing to do that. You can, if you're sitting at the same side on my side, no, mm. I need your ass in front taking the blows. Yeah. I think, I can't, I think my friend called him a, a trained accomplice, right? It's not just an ally. It is yes. a trained yeah. accomplice. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to, and people don't get that. They think, oh, I'm an ally because I read your blogger. Oh, I'm a, your ally, Kim. I shared your pocket. No. That and means you like, call yourself an ally. That's another thing. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. And like we were talking about, a lot of this with Trump, when it hit, and then it started trickling down. To them, you know, people love to say that quote, first they came for these people and, and we didn't do nothing at first. They, and I said, no, that quote's wrong. What happened was first they came from black people and y'all said, who gives a damn? Mm-hmm. That's what you should have started caring at that point. Well, I always say what the fuck whiteness is as a parasite. And for the first time, it's eating its host. Oh, my God. And look, and, look, and they can't stand it. Oh, my God. We, we don't talk about this. Oh, my God. Every parasite does. When it's finished, it will kill and eat its host. That yeah. is what it does. And for the first time, y'all feeling it. But the thing is, you don't have the resiliency of the skills that we've had to develop to combat this. You don't have it. So it's just hitting y'all. They like, just lost. It's lost. Like, oh my God, we might have to eat canned tuna. You know? <laughs> sure. I'm just like, bring it on. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to eat. I'm going to sit, get my little, my little, um, my little, um, um, keto. <laughs> and I'm just going to sit back and because I'm going to say, well, you know, for the last three years, I've been talking about this and, and trying to help you, but you didn't want to pay. So didn't want, no. I'll show ass a lot to pay now. Because, yeah. Um, it's shit. Does it hurt? Oh, it's not hurting you enough. Oh, it's, is it hurt? Oh, 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 you lost the foot. Oh, OK. Now you're really feeling it because right. it's affecting you and yours. I need it to really affect you and yours. And then people like um, I used to get. Why should I be uncomfortable? Because, baby, this that's the only way. You have yep. no skin in the game, so I can no right. I don't so, trust you. You have no. And they don't. And and as soon as uh, like like a little discomfort, they don't not act right. And like you said, I don't feel you're uncomfortable enough yet. Oh, no, it, not at all. And I, everything I, I keep telling y'all is coming down the pike. It's happening, and you all think this is what I said. You don't. You are resisting, this is your way back to comfort. Mm-hmm. I said, you resist your way to change. Resisting your way, you're trying to resist yourself until you can go back to your yoga class and have your, your most uncomfortable anymore. I, at this point, I need them to feel pain. I need you, them to you, feel absolute, utter pain. Oh, and it's coming. See, exactly. To see what you've allowed through your complicity and your lack of action, you've allowed this system to create. Yeah. It was not created on its own. No. Designed for this and because you did not act, you have not acted, and you've acted against those who've been telling you about this, yep. you need to feel pain. Um, in those last words, I really want another poem from you. I do. <laughs> Um, I need you to speak. I want you to speak. So I always say, how do you want to end this? So if you could pull out, if you could, and and, and I want to be careful about this because I want to make sure you don't feel that I'm putting you, you know, like your show pony, but your words have spoken to me. Thank so you. If there are last, uh, the, what is a last word that you would like to say? Power. The capacity or ability to influence the behavior of others or the course of events. Power, physical might. Power, the energy or motive force by which a physical system or machine 
is operated. Power, that thing that is in you, rumbling deep in your gut, flowing through your veins, making your heart beat, that feminine instinct that allows an ordinary woman to do extraordinary things, that allows a high school dropout to go back to school, that allows a woman beat down to leave an abusive relationship, that gives a woman the courage to say, I love you, but I love me a little bit more. That thing that says, not tomorrow, not when I turn 40, not because it's a new year, not when I retire, but today. Today is the day that I will muster up the power within me to take back everything that was stolen from me, to fulfill my dreams, to leave a job that doesn't pay me what I'm worth, to look cancer in the face and say, give me your best shot. Today is the day that I declare that diabetes doesn't have to be generational, that the curse of molestation ceases with me, that I will stop living paycheck to paycheck, that I will become a role model for my children, that I recognize that if I'm good enough to sleep with, then I'm good enough to marry. Today is the day that the pity party comes to an end. The time for excuses is over. Today is the day that I declare that I will no longer live defeated. I will not dim my light in order for you to feel brighter, baby. I was born to shine. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a righteous woman that falls down seven times but gets up eight. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a woman with unlimited possibilities and infinite potential. I possess the power to make daydreams reality, to make my life one that matters. And today is the day that I step into my destiny. I can be whatever I say I can be, and I am whoever I say I am. And today, today I say I'm strong, beautiful, wise, intelligent, authentic, revolutionary, destined for greatness. I am a woman. I'm a woman that loves hard and strong. I'm a woman that loves pink frilly things. I'm a woman that struts in her stilettos and embraces her curves unapologetically. I'm a woman that loves being a woman being treated like a lady, but never attempt to paint me into a corner because baby wasn't meant to be put in a corner. My life cannot be defined by coloring in lines. I am 360 degrees of pure femininity bolstered by his promises to me. And today is the day that we accept our power. And by doing that, we give another woman the ability to grasp hers, to shine, to grow, to illuminate everything that is placed inside of her. You see someone right now, right at this very moment, is waiting on you to be all that you can be so that they can be all that they are destined to be. We are the key to someone's lock. We are strength personified. We are the epitome of power. We are women. And together we possess the ability to change policies, to change communities, and to change lives. And to finally exhale, ladies, and just breathe with ease. Today is the day that we access our power. That's my piece. That's how I want to go out. Girl, I'm going to tell you, I have very, two very strong things in me. One is an amen. <laughs> and the other is this was the biggest middle finger I have given to lightning <laughs> on this show. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you, Hannah. Thank you so much. Thank much. you. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank this you. This was good. Good day. Good way to start the day. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at hashtagcausescene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.